Welcome to Student Transitions, A Time to Thrive. Life is full of change and resulting periods of transition. And some of our big transitions begin as students, as we move through the educational process and then on to the world of work or further education, university and independent living. If we can learn as students how to thrive through transitions, we will have acquired skills that will support us through a lifetime of change and transition. So, if you're facing changes in your life as a student, listen on as we share our insights and suggestions to help you thrive in a world where change is the only constant. Welcome. In this podcast, we're going to introduce you to Rafi, who's a 22-year-old student. We'll be talking and reflecting on several transitions she's made of going to university, returning home from uni and choosing to continue in further education. We want you to listen out for some common experiences of transition that she articulates really very well. She talks about the mix of emotions the excitement of going to university and the worries seen as what-ifs, especially around friendships. There's homesickness and loss of things that are known and familiar. There are new skills to learn and a lot of things to think about. And even when there are the natural worries and challenges of change, she's open to immersing herself and giving things a go. Listen out for her noticing what's working well for her, especially when she's in that entering phase of the change cycle and the small steps and adjustments she makes to thrive. Connection with herself and with others has been really important for her. When listening to Rafi's story, think about what resonates with you and what might help you to thrive in your next transition, whether to university or work or wherever you go after school. So today we're talking with Rafi, who's a 22-year-old, United University for a little while, continuing in her education. And we're going to um, have a conversation together, a little bit about thinking about those transitions you know, leaving school and then going into sort of other bits of in of uh, her education and into her life, Rafi. So first thing to say, Rafi, thank you for, for talking with us um, today. No, no, thank you for having me. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your journey from kind of leaving school then? Yeah, so I left school in the summer of 2018 and I headed off to uni that September. I didn't take a gap year. So I went straight there and I studied geography for three years. And then I left in what it would have been summer 2021. And then I then immediately started a law conversion in September 2021 and completed that in the summer of 2022. And then I've now started the LPC, which is the legal practice course. And I just started that a few months ago in September 2022. So you've been very busy after school, haven't you? (laughs) Yeah, I haven't haven't had a year off yet. It's kind of something that I keep on 
telling myself I'm going to do, but then, but then I don't. Well, hopefully, hopefully you'll get around to it, Rappi. Yeah. So it is a little bit. So there's been several kind of transitions there. But if we focus first about that transition to university in particular, um, what do you remember about that transition? Was there were there any surprises? Do you know what helped you? Can you can you remember back there? Yeah. No. Yeah, I can. I think it makes me smile because I think it. Are you you when you're in the moment? I don't think you realize quite how young you are because you've left school and I think you feel really grown up. And I'm not saying that I'm grown up now, I'm only 22, but when I look back, I just think I was so young. But I remember really mixed emotions because I'd seen both my brothers go to uni and one of them had had a great experience and the other hadn't had as good an experience. So I'd kind of seen both eventualities. So yeah, mixed emotions. And I remember when my mum, because I went to uni way up north. So I remember when my mum drove, took me up for the first time, we were just pulling out of our road. My mum always remembers this, just like one like solitary tear rolling down my cheek. And I just remember that was like, wow, I'm not, not going to be back here for a while. Yeah. But yeah, I think I remember when I was driving up, it's really easy to catastrophize in those situations and say to my mum, you know, what if I don't make any friends? What if I, all the awful things that could happen, basically. But I think once you get there, you just have, you just have to immerse yourself in it. I think resisting it is, a, is the worst thing you can do because you're just going to be thinking more about home and potentially being homesick. So yeah, I think mixed emotions that then sort of the, the 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 good the good emotions prevailed I say and and good for you and what about so there's sadness there with maybe mm. some excitement as well about going to this new place and yeah saying you've got to just kind of throw yourself into it were there some surprises for you when you went to uni then yeah I'd say one surprise was surprise budgeting is really hard at uni which is something that I mean I can't really remember what the setup was what was when I was at school but you know you didn't you didn't do much that was you know you weren't buying food and things like that well I wasn't and yeah I think budgeting and I think also a good surprise was that it was easier to make friends than you think because I think as I said I was I was catastrophizing about making zero friends but you know, everyone is in the same boat. Like everyone wants to make friends. Yeah. So I think a surprise is that everyone is, well, most people are approachable and most people want to make friends and hopefully good, like constructive friendships. And people talk about those for sort of first few weeks, that kind of honeymoon period of, you know, and that transition point about that it being a friendship frenzy because mm. everybody's kind of like looking for their best friend. Yeah. I mean, did you make your best friend in those first weeks or not? Oh, God. it definitely, it de- you're definitely right about the friendship frenzy, but weirdly I actually did. Right. <laughs> a lot of my best friends who I lived with in second and third year and are still my best friends to this day were on my floor in my halls but that is not normal by any means as in I would say I'm the exception to the rule 100 percent 
Right. But that proximity to other people is really quite important in those first, that first year, isn't it? It is. It is. And I, I do always feel really, it is unfortunate when it happens to people where the people that they're in close proximity to aren't good. Mm. I mean, aren't, aren't their type of person. But as I say, I would say that happened, that happened, more people went through that than went through what the, the sort of lucky thing that I went through. Mm. And people always find ways around it. Mm. Like I remember the girl, um, I lived in a house of five girls in second year and one of the girls called Kitty, she kind of wasn't, so the other four of us were a close friendship group and she just randomly messaged me saying, have you got a house yet? Because she really didn't get on with the girls around her, the girls and boys. Um, And so just by chance we had a spare place and she got and we obviously she we took her into our house and she now she's one of my best friends nice so just kind of reaching out and asking for help is a great thing definitely if the people in the close proximity to you aren't aren't what you what you're looking for in friends there are 100 percent ways around it it's it's harder that's undeniable but as you said, the friendship frenzy, if you just go out there and introduce yourself to people and they'll introduce themselves to you as well, like you don't have to do it all. There are definitely ways around it if you're, you know, your, your neighbours aren't great. Yeah, And you're right, Rafi, you've just got to somehow just put yourself out there a little bit, haven't you? Yeah. 100%. And fr- I mean, Freshers Week is crazy, but like, <laughs> it is a good way to meet a lot of people. It doesn't mean that all the people you meet are going to be your best friends because they're not going to be. Mm. But if you're struggling with with the neighbors on your floor for example you, you know it they are you can escape them basically in in sort of thinking about those kind of early days and into that first term at uni then were the things that you that, that you were glad you've did or things that you wished you'd done differently things that i think a really big thing is exercise mm-hmm. and it's the kind of thing that you know, your mum or your dad always tells you to do, go and join a sports team. And like, it does sound, it sounds cliche, but it's so true because not only then do you automatically have, well, for example, in a netball team, you have eight other people you can be friends with, but also just like keeping your body moving in that, in that phase is so important because it's so easy. Not And I didn't, it's so easy to just eat unhealthily because for example, the food at my halls was really gross. So we kind of end up just like, I don't know, going to get like a packet of crisps after dinner and things like that. So it's really easy to not move your body enough and become kind of like unhealthy and just a bit like sedentary. Yeah. So I think joining a netball team is like netball or hockey or football or whatever suits you is, you know, you've got, a ready-made group of people that you can be friends with and just keeping yourself, keeping your body moving is just so important for your happiness. Cause if you're not having a great time, then just having at least once a week, an hour of intense activity is always just going to be good for you. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a good bit of advice. Um, if you were to think about now that, you know, you're at uni and um, what can I help you through that change? If there were, a few things that you'd say, this, these were the things that really helped me. Through the be? change from school to uni. The same yeah. I, I think at the start, it's really easy to get wrapped up in the nights out 
and and I would say obviously go to the nights out like I definitely did but I think some of the things that really bond you with people are actually like nights in so I remember we used to just gather around in our absolutely disgusting tiny windowless kitchen on I don't know like a Thursday night and we'd all just cook dinner together have a glass of wine just things that wouldn't wouldn't be seen as the typical unique you know freshers experience but you just I think I'm I'm really glad that I had nights like that because I because I remember them still now as I'm sat here um and obviously some of the nights out you don't So I'd say having just like cozy nights in and then it feels a bit more homely if you're doing things like that and it makes you feel more sort of grounded and a sort of rooted in a group of people. Yeah. Less pressured maybe as well. Yeah. Just more chats about, I don't know, like your family and what, what, how everyone's actually feeling and people's past and stuff like that, that you obviously don't get to discuss in like a club smoking area, obviously. (laughs) So I like that nights in as a, as as well as nights out. But yeah, a bit yeah. Balanced. What else, Raf? I'd say things getting up at a reasonable time definitely helped me. The routines, kind of. Yeah, thing. routine, a hundred percent. It's so easy to just sleep until like midday, one o'clock, because obviously for the first time in your life, you're not at home and you haven't got a parent watching you. But I know a few people did that, and it just that just leads to really bad mental health. Mm. Um, So I think trying your best to stay in a routine. I mean, like, obviously there were days where I slept in after nights out and things like that goes without saying has to be a balance, but, you know, generally in the week trying to, you know, I'm not saying you're going to make every lecture and you're going to wake up at 8am every day, but just, just keeping a handle on a bit of a routine and having a little bit of exercise. I think just like a bit of everything in moderation, really. Mm. So watching your eating as well, it's like, like you were saying, it's your health. It's all that kind of health stuff that will yeah. help your mental health. Yeah, just yeah, just small things that you're always told are going to help your mental health, but are kind of easy to forget. Yeah. Things like yeah, just eating fruit and veg, mm. and you know, I'm not saying you need to be on a on a diet, just normal normal food habits, everything in moderation. Yeah. And that connecting with other people as well, which is really mm. important, isn't it? Yeah. Talking definitely. things through. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what about that kind of can you compare the transition to university to kind of when you left university and you were making another transition there? Were there any kind of similarities or differences there? I I would say it's a really different transition mm-hmm. because I mean I think the biggest thing is that when you're moving away to uni, your freedom is massively increased because you're going from your home to living in halls or wherever you are at uni. And almost the opposite happens when, you know, most people are roughly 21 when they finish uni and moving back with your parents can be really challenging, especially I find some of my friends have got younger siblings (laughs) I've only got older, but yeah, I think when you've got younger siblings getting back into, you know, your parents are sort of doing the school run and things like that. And it can sort of make your, make you feel a bit, bit more like an infant again, Yeah, which I think can definitely be really tricky. Yeah. I mean, you, the kind of, this is called the boomerang 
kids, young people, where they go out and they experience freedom and being hugely independent. And then, you know, they come back, you know, they come back to being at home again and, you know, home rules and stuff like that. It's it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It, it, it honestly, it's a huge change. Mm. Almost, yeah, almost more dramatic in ways than the than the first transition, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, because I think, yeah, but I think you can, you can definitely navigate it. I think because, you know, by the time you've left uni, you're, you're a fully fledged adult. Mm -hmm. So I think just having those more adult exchanges with your parents about, I don't know, boundaries, like not just walking into my room unannounced and things like that, Mm -hmm. that they might've done when you were a child. Mm -hmm. So I think it definitely can be got round, but it is it is a strange feeling of that reduction of freedom, one hundred percent. And did you have conversations around then those kind of boundaries and how it would be different when you came back home? Yeah, I think it was definitely something that we were all worried about coming to the end of third year. It was we would discuss it a lot, like, oh, there's going to be someone asking where I am, or what if I you know stay at a boy's house and I have to explain where I've been things things that you don't have to explain when you're at uni Mm. um and yeah I think it it, there was a bit of a I don't know maybe a a teething phase between because I I only live with my mum now um where I kind of you know she would be sending if she was sending me texts while I was out being like what time are you going to be home that would annoy me because I was like I'm not used to having to explain explain to someone when I'm going to be home. And so then we just came to agreement where we'll have a conversation where before I go out saying, I think I'll be home at this time, but if I'm not going to be, I'll send you a text saying I'm doing X, Y, and Z, see you tomorrow kind of thing. And so that's how we've, how we've sort of bridged that. Yeah, very, very nice because there's kind of, negotiations around those kinds of things aren't there it's good it's like you were saying it's good to talk about these things so when you've never had to do that at university you haven't you're not really saying to people oh, I'm going to be back at this time or or not or whatever but then suddenly you have to it's it's a change it's a kind yeah. of expectation yeah. but you you obviously you also have to remember yeah. that, that is still your parent yeah and if you're out until if you told them you were going to be home at 11 and you're out till three they're obviously going to be worried. So there, there obviously has to be mutual respect. Yeah. So if I do tell my mum, oh, I'm going to leave when the pub closes, I'll be home before midnight, and then it gets to two or three and I'm in a club, I will text her saying, yeah, this has happened. And she'll be like, cool, have a good night, see you tomorrow. Yeah, nice, nice word to choose there is respect. So that big change between being independent to being maybe more respectful about where you are or you know, having having different kind of boundaries about what you do. Anything else about that transition out of university then? I think also, yeah, another thing I would say is just the decisions that you, you're making post-uni seem a lot more real. And, you know, obviously sort of career decisions, basically. Mm-hmm. But when you're, I think when you're going off to uni, you know, most people know people who have been to uni and they kind of semi know what to expect and your life is kind of passed up in this nice university course it's in a nice little box mine was geography but then when you're leaving uni there's nothing nicely packaged up or boxed you've kind of you've got to choose from this like potentially unless you know exactly what you want to be like say a doctor 
this huge range of possibilities and it seems like such a huge decision at the age of 21 which I think can be so overwhelming very nicely put Rafi because I guess in school as well there there are lots of people kind of helping you think about what university to go to and what to study and all those kinds of things but do you think there's still there's that same level of support when you're leaving university no definitely not I mean I know that universities offer sort of career career advice and and I think that does go on for a few years after but I think the support when you leave mainly comes from whoever you live with um and I'm I'm very lucky in that in that way but a lot of people aren't and if you're going if you're looking to go into a career which no one in your family's no, no, like knows anything about that can be stressful because you're sort of having to navigate the whole route to finding your your path without really any proper hands-on help as you say geography teachers know about geography courses at uni my lecturers know about what I wanted to do my dissertation on but if your mum dad sister brother knows nothing about I don't know if you want to become a midwife then they're not going to be able to offer that hands-on yeah help mm-hmm. so so there's a lot more kind of things to think about mm. when you're exiting university in that way isn't there I think so. Yeah, I think a lot. And as I say, just the the decisions seem so, so significant at such a young age. And it's, yeah, there doesn't, as I say, yeah, there just doesn't, there's not a, there's not a clear map for you to follow. No. You kind of want to make your own. And and maybe for some people that could be a good thing, or maybe for some people that might be quite a challenge. Yeah. 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 You're right. It definitely could be a good thing for maybe people who didn't enjoy uni as much Mm. to be able to break free from that and go into a job. Yeah. I mean, the the interesting thing, Raph, for you is about, you know, you've been to university, then you've done, you know, you come back home to be at home again. And then you've done, this is the second kind of further ed stuff that you've been doing. So there's been a lot of kind of transitions and change for you. What do you think have been the benefits of these changes for you? And and maybe what, what do you think you've learned about yourself? I would say that one thing that I've really learned is just generally in getting to know myself better and how I respond in these situations. Something I've realized that I do, me and my mom actually sometimes have a laugh about it, whenever something big is happening or is well yeah whenever something big is changing I always really resist it at first and I really sort of kick up a bit of a fuss not necessarily like vocally but I'm just really really resisting it and that takes up all my energy and then I kind of you know maybe after a few two two months or so kind of allow uh, put my energy into actually say doing the work and then I realized, well, if I'd actually just done this two months ago, then <laughs> I probably would have been fine. But yeah, that's that's definitely a pattern that I've picked up. And and you know, Raf, it's it is quite a kind of reaction to change, isn't isn't it? Because it's about moving from something that you know really well to come to think, well, what am I going? To, I'm going to this new world where I don't really um, know what I'm going to do or how it's going to be, and so it's quite natural so almost kind of like a child would like they wouldn't want to 
you know, yeah. you do something, you kind of just like stomp your feet and get all grumpy. And yeah. again, I think I again catastrophize. Mm-hmm. I remember before I started my the law conversion, again, I was like, well, if everyone in my class hates me and <laughs> I don't understand anything. And I just, I just yeah, I think self-doubt is such a such a big thing, especially when it comes to change. Yeah. Like anticipate, can I do this or not? Yeah. 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 Okay. Then you have to re- reflect what you've what you've done in your past yeah well I've, I've done that this is just yeah. another thing that I'm gonna do yeah. and and you know it was so lovely to meet here you talk about that transition to university and you having bits of doubt but and then getting on really well and mm-hmm. making these friends in your corridor and kind of have, having a good time so that, that's a, that's a that's an important one to hold on to about there's been a really big, likely the biggest transition you've ever made um, where where you've actually done pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, in moments of self-doubt, you forget everything you've done in your past and you're right. I don't, you know, give myself credit for like, Oh, Rafi, like you actually can go and talk to people. You know, I've done it at Newcastle. I've done it at the law conversion year and I've done it again this year. So I mean, I haven't made loads of friends this year and last year, just a few because it's sort of post-grad is different. Um, but yeah, I just think self-doubt is just is just a constant sort of voice in, well, my head, I don't know about yeah. everyone else's. No, I think it is one of those things that we can listen to. And it's also the, about finding a balance to, you know, um, to support ourselves and, have another voice there to say actually I, I did it <laughs> you know? mm, yeah. I've, and I've done it lots of times in fact if we think about you know your tra- transitions although we're just thinking about university you've likely made lots of transitions in your life mm-hmm. not just about in relation to school but likely you, you know when you first started school or whatever but about when you when you likely moved house or mm. you know maybe you lost a friend along the way or you know so there are lots of other transitions we can can call on to help us think well actually yeah there's things I know how to do yeah, so when you, when you hear yourself resisting a little bit do you know how to react to that what do you do that helps do you know what I haven't I haven't worked that out yet well, I've actually been doing the self same thing for yeah. <laughs> for the last for the last two months. Yeah. So no, I haven't worked it out. But every time I let go of the resistance and just just do it little by little, it just makes you feel so much better. And it's not like I do ten hours of work a day, not even close. It's just putting one small foot in front of the other is better than just standing still. Yeah. And I just find myself stood still, glued to the spot, kind of with my blinkers on. And then as soon as I just put literally half a step in front, I'm like, oh, I can do it. Yeah, you can do it. Do you know, I th- I think I would um I don't know if disagree with you is the big word, but challenge you on it. I think you know how to do it, Rafi, because I do think that sometimes it takes us a little bit of what a time to process stuff like here I am resisting, you know, I'm not liking the change. And we can sometimes push us too quickly to move forward. But sometimes we just need to kind of acknowledge that that's how we're feeling. And once we've done that, we can say, well, actually, I can just let this go. I can take that one step forward. I can feel better about this. 
it sounds like a good strategy to me. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Maybe it's just maybe it is just acknowledging it. I think, and I reintroduce X because it was yeah just this whole resistance phase was just really getting me down and I reintroduced exercise to my life which made the biggest difference because even if you haven't had a particularly productive day on the work front if I go and have a workout in the gym I just immediately feel so much better yeah and it kind of I kind of realized well I'm in this course now you know I'm paying for it I can't I can't change that but I can change small things around me like going to the gym and like reading small things that you kind of don't think will have an impact but they do and they sort of make everything else lighter so you're able to as I say I just put one foot one foot in front of the other and that that kind of links back a little bit to what you were saying earlier about doing lots of things you don't have to do lots but everything in moderation those things will all kind of build up there's a little thing that um in my world is called, you know, that validation thing, name it to tame it. So when you can name, oh, there's my resistance. Yeah. It actually makes you feel, you understand yourself a little bit better. It's really interesting. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Name it to tame so, it. I remember that. Name it to tame it. Yeah. Um, a couple of last things. So this is so interesting. Um, no, it's so uh, interesting to me as well speaking to you. Yeah. Um. What about, um, what are the benefits of going through these changes for you? I think without sounding too cliche, I think just every time you you do a, a bigger change, you just learn more about yourself. And I think more like what you're capable of, yeah. which I think I need to tell myself more. Mm. And every time you overcome a hurdle, you can, you know, like and I'm a celeb you can put a star in your bag and sort of it's like like a point yeah and yeah I just think making you more I think resilience is so important it was something that was really drummed into us at school but none of us really took it seriously but I think looking back they they were absolutely right to emphasize that and you might need that resilient that resilience that you've learned through change at the most random times it could just be really small things well, apparently, like seemingly small things. But yeah, I'd say resilience through change is a really big one. Yeah. And feeling that you're filling your bag with it is a great yeah. one. A nice image for me. Last question then. If you were going to give advice to people, young people going off to university, um, a couple of things that you would encourage them. I know we've maybe talked about no, that, no. but what kind of things, Rafi? I would say the, first, the mainly just to immerse yourself mm-hmm. and just really just say to yourself, this is a new chapter in in life and just to really embrace it because so many people said this to me before I went, the three years will fly by, quote unquote, and I did not listen to them. And my God, were they right? Like looking, I can't believe that I was in first year four years ago. So yeah, just fully immerse yourself and live every moment. Don't go home too often, which I know can be such a big temptation, especially in the early weeks. And I know that some people, obviously, there are some situations where you can't help it and you have to go home. But if you can help it, I would say go home as little as you can. Keep in touch, obviously, with everyone on you know your family WhatsApp and texting whoever. But just really immerse yourself in it. I'd say it would be a really big thing. 
Yeah. Do you know, um, I I really like those two things as well. And it is it is that kind of when you look back, I'm sure you did those things. Mm. You, you know, that that's where you're talking from, your experience about, you know, you just got involved and you did things and and you you tried to make that kind of separation a little bit onto that next stage about being this independent, you know, young adult. Mm. Which I have to. I have to admit, I did not join an Apple team, but I would. <laughs> but no, I. Yeah, I think I did just fully say to myself, "Look, I mean, also, I live in London, and I went to uni in Newcastle, so the the distance made it. You know, I had to make. There's no way I could just go home every weekend. Yeah. So I think, yeah, just fully immersing it and embracing it, because even and you know, I things went wrong. Obviously, of course, they did. I didn't have this perfect time but it was it was perfect to me even with the imperfections which is so cheesy but I just think if you immerse yourself and you make it your life when things go wrong you don't want to escape and go home you just life continues and you deal with it there in situ which is so much better yeah in my opinion yeah and and you're dealing with it on your own with maybe the backup from friends and family from a little bit of a afar totally yeah you know hopefully they're always at the end of the phone and but yeah i just think dealing it dealing with things while you're there is a, is a really good skill to to make do you know, Rafi, I have so enjoyed this conversation. I know, so have I. I wish we could have even got longer because okay. I think I think you've got some little gems in there about, um, you know, just kind of recognising the stuff that's going on for you and being able to, you know, just make some, you know, like you were saying, you need some small changes along the way. You don't need to do some radically huge things, but all those small things like will add up and make you feel feel good about yourself and the real thing about kind of connecting with other people kind of looking after your mental health connecting with other people exercising routines mm. all these things are 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 really really important so yeah. thank you for sharing your wisdom no thanks so much for having me i've enjoyed it so much <laughs> We hope you've enjoyed this interview with Rafi and a big thank you to her for her reflections and learning how she's thriving in change. You also might want to listen to all the previous podcasts in this series, but especially things that we've talked about today. Podcast one, Beat the Transition Blues, is one of the podcasts where we talk more in depth about the nature of change, transition and adjustment and why struggle can be part of the journey where you can grow self-knowledge and resilience. Podcast two, Successfully Riding the Waves of Change, introduces the S-curve of change and helps us understand what's happening when there are continued transitions. We also talk about the value of routines when it comes to your well-being, something that Rafi was able to use to thrive. Podcast three, Minding Your Mind, where we talk about the origin of common thoughts during times of transition, about the what ifs and why they can be sometimes challenging, but also helpful in helping us make good choices. And if friendships are on your mind, podcast nine, nurturing supportive relationships could be helpful 
in thinking about how to develop and keep new friendships. <laughs>